and welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. Uh, Dale, it's another week into the offseason. Rookie camp is officially finished. Um, and we're starting to like, you know, just kind of ease our way out, you know, get ready for summer and some of the fun things we do, you know, we start to look at, you know, more big picture things. I wrote a whole Carter's classroom about what wide zone run concepts are, what zone concepts are blocking wise in general and how they can work with, especially some of the new rookies the Steelers have. So go check that out guys. If you haven't checked the to check that out yet on DK Pittsburgh sports.com. Um, but Dale, I, I wanted to talk to you about the opening betting lines that have been placed on the Steelers schedule. Now, of course, this is May. This is mid-May. Everybody's completely healthy right now, except for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> right. Yeah, that situation with Juwan James. Um, but, no, so we got these lines out now. And, and yes, this is ridiculously early. But there's still some fun in looking at where people predict things to go as far as this season. So we're going to break down some of these some of these betting lines, what they are right now. They'll definitely move by the time they'll, they'll move in a month, um, but they will move several times by that. But it's interesting to see where the Steelers are projected to go. We start with their first game uh, at the Bills, 1 p.m. kickoff in Buffalo. They're, they're, the Bills are favored by six points. Dale, I, I feel like that's that's not like an aggressive wrong anything there i i feel i feel comfortable with that being the place to be if you're gonna if you're gonna put some money down uh that's a big number and you know the steelers traditionally uh do play you know well in their opener i believe they're they uh i believe they're uh four two and one in the last seven openers on the road mm-hmm. uh, of course their last seven openers have been on the road and the only <laughs> two lot the only two losses have come at new england after, oh, the, wow. after the Patriots have won the Super Bowl. So, you're, you know, you're playing that you're playing that Thursday night game uh, to open the season in, in New England. You're not winning that game. Yeah, uh, your headsets aren't working. <laughs> you're essentially the, the Christians being fed to the Lions in that game. That's been the case every year. Uh, you know, I, I think as, as you look down through the through the years in that Thursday night opener. So, you know, the Steelers getting six at Buffalo. You know, they have an entire offseason to prepare for this. I don't know if they win the game, but I'll take the points in that one. Um, you know, and I, and I think that, uh, you know, when you, when you look at the schedule as a whole, I've got the, the entire schedule here in front of me with all their point spreads. Uh, the Steelers are favored in eight games. They're underdogs in eight games. And there's one pick them game. A very so, even, yeah. a, a very even distribution of where, where a lot of people are, are, are saying that this year, right? They're saying eight and not eight and nine or nine, nine and eight along those lines, because now we're at 17 games, you know, the, the minus six at, at the bills, you know, I, I get it. You know, I get your point too. I, I completely forgot that the fact that the only two losses they've had on an opener uh, over the past seven years have been at, at, at the Patriots. Uh, and they tied the Browns in 2018. Um, but this is interesting because the Bills, they've beaten the Steelers two times in a row in back-to-back years. Now, granted, the Steelers had subpar quarterback play in both of those games. Um, and, it, and again, I see the, the minus six because they beat – they if you had taken that number, that betting line for each of those games, you would have made money putting money on the Bills. But like you said, this is a different situation. The Steelers are having offseason to prepare. Um, and I, you know, I'm also intrigued to see. Okay, the Bills have now won the division for the first time since 1995. What's that like when the target's on your back? 
Because that's that's a question that I ask for teams like them, teams like the Browns, that everyone saw that you made the playoffs and you you impressed some people last year. Now everyone's going to be gunning for you, and your franchise hasn't been gunned for in oof, decades. Well, let's remember too. You know, the the Browns were what the third place team in the AFC North last yes. year. Everybody seems to forget that while they're crowning them, we're crowning them this year. Uh, but yeah, the bills definitely have the target on, on their backs. It, it changes things. You know, you suddenly, you're no longer the, the, the hunter, hunter, you're the hunted. And, uh, the, the other thing that's interesting about this game is that Buffalo has kept everything intact. They get every, mostly everybody back. The, you know, the, the offensive and defensive staffs are the same. Uh, the Steelers have a lot of turnover here on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, especially when you, when you're changing coordinators, um, they're not going to tip their hands in the preseason. Uh, they'll throw, they'll have some wrinkles that they'll throw at the bills in this game. And let's remember that this game was, was a highly, uh, you know, the Steelers dominated the first half of the game against the bills, uh, last season up in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Now they so ended up losing, losing that game, but that, yeah. you know, the, the interception return for a touchdown changed the complexion of that game dramatically at the end of the first half. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that will be a closer game than, than six points. But again, you know, it's it's easier to say that in May. Let's see where we're at in September uh, once everybody gets through the preseason and who gets through healthy and who doesn't. Right. That's the other thing. You know, we we know training camp injuries happen all the time. I, I thought it was funny. Jenna Harner, our, from our partners at PXI, you know, she came from covering the Bills and she was telling me like how after the after you know after the first half people the, the her you know friends who were Bills fans were calling her and be like why can't they score like what is this who is this defense and so that's certainly something to uh to to, to think like okay well the the Steelers gave the that offense fits and they were I believe that with the number four offense last year maybe the number two offense last they were top five offense last year um in scoring so that's something to look at there but the next couple games the Steelers do get favored in they're 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 their first home games against the Raiders where they're favored five and a half points and the Bengals favored six points I I like I, you know, I, 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 I like the, I like the Raiders coming to Pittsburgh. I know that the Raiders have had, you know, some weird games with the Steelers in the past, but favored by a touchdown over that team. I'm just, I'm not a John Gruden guy. And I also think that even that early in the season, the the Steelers pass rush, if they're healthy, it's going to still cause a lot of problems for Joe Burrow. Yeah. I I think both of those games, if you look at the Steelers, uh, what they did and what they've done uh, over the last few years, they get sacks in bunches at home. Uh, the, the road games have not been nearly as, as you know, uh, good for them in terms of the pass rush. That's obvious because of the, you know, the crowd noise, those kind of things. I expect there to be crowd noise. Think about that. That will be the first game. Uh, that, that game against the Raiders will be the first game in Pittsburgh, presumably with the full crowd uh, for a regular season game. I expect them to be fired up for that one. Uh, the Cincinnati game that might be an interesting one. Uh, I think their offense – Looks pretty explosive, uh, but that defense is still a mess. Um, so that, that one should be interesting as well. And if you look at this, Chris, I mean, uh, you look at that early portion of the schedule, the Steelers favored in all their home games uh, during that early stretch. Uh, and then you look at some of the road games, uh, you know, the following week, minus two and a half at Green Bay. 
is Aaron Rodgers going to be playing? Is right. he not? Because if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, that probably flips to the Steelers favored by two and a half. Also, I mean, isn't the rule in gambling you get like what the home team gets favored by three points? So you get th- you get three points for being at home. So Vegas is kind of hedging its bets there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if 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 Rodgers was playing in that game, remember the Packers have been in the last two NFC Championship games. Yeah. Uh, so if Rodgers is in that game, if he if he's playing, that that line probably goes up to maybe four even five points. Uh, maybe they split the difference there, but I, I see, you know, if, if it's Jordan love or if it's, if it's Blake Bortles, um, I think the Steelers end up favored in that game. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I could definitely see that quickly changing if, uh, if Aaron Rodgers does hold out and just kind of just not come back to the Packers. Um, and, and then if, if he does come back, you know, how do they pre- perform in their first few weeks? How are the Steelers perform that, that number can move around a bit, but still being within three points on the road and, and you know, going into Lambeau. Um, I mean, that, that means Vegas, like you said, Vegas is hedging their best. They feel like the Steelers and Packers are pretty even teams. That's, yeah. that's, that, that's what that says. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other interesting thing about it is when does Aaron Rodgers come back? Right. Does he does he hold out the you know the first couple of weeks of the season? Does he just skip the preseason? Uh, he's trying to make a point here. Does he does he hold out until week? Uh, what is it? Week he has to play the last. Uh, I don't know what the new rules are now with seventeen games. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're going to come back, you have to be back by week ten to consider that an accrued season. So does he wait to come back to week ten? There's all kinds of things in play there with that situation. You think that you think that Pittsburghers would remember this after the fiasco of 2018 with Le'Veon Bell and waiting for him to show up? Could be a week. similar situation. Like he just says, "Okay, I'm going to show up for Week 10 and make sure that I get I get my accrued season this year and I get paid. You know, what I'm owed here, and that's one more season off my off my contract with the Packers. Who knows? There, there's all kinds of things here. He could be traded. Uh, you know, they they could see him in Green Bay in Week Boy. Four, and then in Denver against Denver at home in Week Five. <laughs> that would be. That would be that would light up all the conspiracy theories of Steelers fans. They're like, oh, the NFL screws us with schedules, even though schedules set, you know, based on a system, you know. But they're like, oh, but if if Aaron Rodgers played for the Packers one week and then was traded to the Broncos the next week, like it, like the right after that game, went to Denver and then was in Pittsburgh playing the Steelers, then I, that would be like, okay, okay, something crazy's going on here. But <laughs> the Broncos are the team that supposedly were in the running. I mean, I remember the day of the draft, it was oh the the Steelers have traded or the Broncos have traded for Aaron Rodgers. Then it didn't happen, you know, but they're a team that needs a quarterback. And if green Bay gets, you know, if they're tired of, of dealing with Aaron Rodgers stuff, maybe they're sitting there, you know what, you know, like to take him off our hands. Um, but either way, weeks four and five, where the Steelers are, 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 uh, are, are well, the Packers are favored two and a half points. And then the Steelers are favored four and a half points hosting the hosting the Broncos. Um, you know, that's going to be interesting to see if Aaron Rodgers is in either of those games or like Dale said, potentially both um, or none or none. <laughs> <laughs> so many things up in the air um, before we get to take a break. Uh, the last game they play before the bye is the Seahawks where their favorite two and a half points. Again, a field goal game. That's another one where it seems like they're hedging their bets. I know Russell Russell. That's Wilson, a Sunday night game. I mean, you know how the Steelers perform at home yeah. in primetime games. You know, I, I, I really like the Steelers in that game. Um, I, you know, again, I, I'll, 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 I'll take the Steelers at home for a night game, um, even against what should be a, a pretty good Seattle team. I mean, Russell Wilson always gives you a chance. 
He does. He does. And they were they were competitive last year. They won the division, um, flooded in the playoffs like the Steelers. But I don't see uh, that happening again this year. Yeah, the Niners are back and the the Rams got Matt Stafford. I'm interested to see how what that offense looks like uh, with Cooper Cup. And, you know, they, they still got that defense. It's going to be a problem. A lot of things change in the NFC West. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go over all the remaining betting lines for the Steelers schedule. But first, we're going to take this quick break. Here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast, here on DK Pittsburgh Sports.com's podcast network. Um, I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. We're continuing to talk about betting lines for the Steelers early, set in May, but throughout the season. We're just going through game by game, seeing where the numbers are, are, are a little twisted, where you might be able, to be, be able to look at, you know, as a game to target for to put some money down in the future. And right after the bye, the Steelers have to travel to Cleveland Halloween. And our and the Browns are favored four and a half points. Dale, what's your assessment of that being a four and a half point difference in the middle of the season with the Steelers coming off a bye uh, um, and going on the road there? That's a big that's a big number, I think, for for that game. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I'll be I'll be interested to see you know what the Browns look like, uh, especially defensively. They've made a lot of changes on that side of the football. Um, you know, offensively, they're basically the same group coming back, but are they healthy? Are they not healthy? I don't know. Um, you know, as of right now, I, I would probably pick the Browns to win the division. I think, um, you know, they, they, they're they the, the most complete team in the division, but we'll see, you know, what kind of difference Najee Harris makes. The, the team that I think takes a big step back that I don't think people are, are realizing to me is the Ravens. Hmm. I, I don't see where the Ravens got better this offseason. Yeah, I've been thinking that too, Dale, because they got rid of who, what, Ronnie Stanley, the tackle who 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 they who they traded away, or Orlando Brown. I always make Orlando up. Brown. Ronnie Orlando Stanley. Brown. Ronnie Stanley might not be ready to start the season coming right, back off that, that broken uh, ankle. Right. Uh, all the you know they they basically are starting over with their edge rushers. Yeah, uh, and one of the big guy you know big moves to, of the off season. Uh, was to go get Jason Owa, who had no sacks last year at Penn State. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tyus Bowser, who was just mm-hmm. a guy, is one of the other ones. Uh, you know, I I just don't know where they got better. And 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 again, it's funny when people were talking about this with the Steelers lost. You know, everyone was saying the Steelers had the worst offensive line in the league last year, and all these bad things. And then the the, the Ravens go get Villanueva to replace Orlando Brown, who they traded away. And it's like, oh yeah, this would be great. And it's like, well, wait a second, you were just saying Orlando Brown was great, and that Villanueva wasn't good, and now all of a sudden he's he's great because he fits in there. What? Like that doesn't even make sense. Uh, but I agree, the Ravens. I, I've said this for the past few years. The Ravens are propped up by as far as Lamar Jackson will take them by itself. You know, he, he I think someone brought up that he has, you know, I think he has what the third most touchdowns through 37 games in NFL history, because he's, he's, he's literally their whole offense. He runs, he throws, he, he does things. And, and the receivers are not good. I don't care what anyone says. No, nah, they're trash. Brown, yeah, yeah, Marquise Brown is not a consistent receiver. He hasn't learned how to use his 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 explosiveness and his speed. Mark Andrews drops a whole bunch of passes. I know they got Rashad Bateman, but okay, how many times are they going to draft a guy high and expect him to do well before they realize, you know what, <laughs> your your drafting system hasn't worked? And maybe Bateman is the exception. Maybe he fixes things. I do like Rashad Bateman, but man, 
this this team is a we go as far as Lamar takes this team. Yeah, and until he until he develops as a pocket passer, yeah, um, you know, and the the big question I have is they're going to pay him at some point, big money. When they pay Lamar Jackson, are they going to want? Are they going to want Lamar Jackson running the ball fifteen to twenty times a game? Probably not. You know, right. when he's when he counts as, as you know twenty percent of your salary cap, you want to protect him a little bit more. So he's going to have to start throwing the ball from the pocket. That's not been his strong point. No, it's not been his strong point. It's been something that's and, and again, you know, you take because because again, you're talking what you're what you're insinuating there is you want to make sure you don't get hurt. And you need him. And if, if he's gone and he's a huge chunk of your salary cap, that means, you know, the remainder of those guys, they got to find ways to win on their own. And this roster is not built to win in Baltimore without Lamar. And we're, we're skip, let's, let's skip around a little bit. Instead of just going week by week, the, 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 the Steelers or the Ravens are favored when they visit the Steelers by two and a half points. And then the Ravens are favored five and a half points in week 17 when the Steelers visit the Ravens. I, I'm with you. I, I don't see this whole. The Steelers swept the Ravens last year, and including beating beating Lamar in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, and I think what were they coming off a bye that week? I think it was. Um, you know, it, it's you know, and the Steelers were coming off a tough road win in in Tennessee on another undefeated team. You know, that's Lamar Jackson still hasn't beaten Ben Roethlisberger. No, and and they've actually the Steelers defense has done the best job of defending Lamar. Uh, of any team in the league. So, uh, I'll, you know, I don't see the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens should be favored in both those games. It wouldn't surprise me if those teams split those games. Yeah. I, I don't think the Ravens should be favored in both. Right. And and if anything, do a pick them like they do for the Browns at the Steelers in week 16, which I get, uh, I, you know, the, the, they, you know, the Brown, the Browns beat the Steelers twice in a row to end, end the Steelers season last year, you know, with all, all those other things considered, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on the Ravens. I think there's a little too much hype there going through some more of the, the not so usual opponents, the Steelers host the bears, their favorite five and a half points. Uh, most, most likely they'll be facing Justin Fields. Uh, we, we know the Steelers tradition of taking on rookie quarterbacks. They haven't beaten the bears since that Bettis trucking Erlacher game in 2005, Dale. Um, but this seems like this would be a prime opportunity and five and a half points. That's a lot of points. That's, a, that's you know, they would need to beat them by a touchdown, but I, I if this defense is healthy and, and bringing it, I, I don't think this bears offense is built to protect a young quarterback just yet. No, that one, that one will be an interesting one. I'll, I'll be, uh, you know, curious to see how good Chicago is this year. I think the defense is still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, a rookie quarterback is a rookie quarterback. And then the following week at Detroit, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh, yeah. uh, the Steelers favored by seven and a half. That's their biggest point spread of the year. I don't know that the Lions are going to be anything great this year. Uh, the, the game that really interests me uh, is the following week, uh, Steelers at Chargers. Um the Steelers have traditionally struggled on the West Coast mm-hmm. against everybody except, except the Chargers. The, I was just about to except say. the Chargers. They always seem to beat the Chargers out there. You know, and as good as Justin Herbert was last year, the numbers that he put up, they still didn't win many games. Right. You know, so I, I'll be interested to see how healthy the Chargers are at that point because they they have some guys that just can't seem to stay healthy. Uh, you know, it's I know it's a new coaching staff, so uh, maybe they got rid of some of the issues that they've had but they've always been seemingly bad on special teams uh they always seem to find just be good enough to lose um so that that one to me is going to be an interesting one and then you follow that up with uh, the, the next week at cincinnati uh favored by three in cincinnati so 
Um, you know, again, I think that's the stretch right there. I know everybody wants to talk about this final stretch, uh, starting with that game against the Ravens coming out of the game against the Bengals, uh, the Bengals. But man, if you, if you could stack up six or seven wins heading into that final stretch, I think you set yourself up pretty well. And, you know, I think that game against the chargers is one, you know, if the chargers are who everybody thinks they're going to be this year, uh, that could be a, a playoff elimination game. That could it, be a tiebreaker. It, it, it could be a tiebreaker game that we that we go into this and we're as we're getting into January, you're thinking, oh man, that's important. And to Dale's point about the Steelers winning in California when they go to the Chargers, because now they're Los Angeles, used to be San Diego. The the away team has won this matchup four times in a row. Uh, whether it was two years ago in 2019 when Devlin Hodges went in and beat Phillip Rivers, or when two the year before when the Chargers had a huge comeback in Heinz Field to beat the Steelers 33 to 30, or in 2015 uh, when I think that was the Le'Veon Bell. That was a Le'Veon uh, Bell touchdown game, yeah. The, the, the Wildcat touchdown game, and in 2012 when I think it, I think either I think Ben was coming back off injury or someone was coming back and and the Steelers didn't do well against the Chargers they lost in 2012 the last time in a, in a the uh a home team won was 2009 against the Chargers when the Steelers won at Heinz Field I think that was a Richard Mendenhall going ballistic game um that that season um and then of course there was the playoff game the year before that but but still this you know that it, that's a that's a weird relationship and sometimes that's just intangible it's just the way things play out um but it'll certainly be something to watch. And I, I agree with your assessment, though. You know, I, I, I've talked about this on other shows, you know, with like the Ask Anything, when people talk about that the gauntlet at the end of the season. You know, I'm like, you know, the Steelers, they, we know, we, we've seen them rise to challenges at different points in time. You know, them gearing up for the end of the season, that might be something that, that works in their favor. They're like, okay, guess what? We're about to play a bunch of the teams that we expected at the beginning of the year to be in the playoffs. Let's let's be ready to face those guys. And they're, they're used to playing the, the Ravens. They're used to playing uh, the Titans as of late. The Chiefs, they haven't played since, what, 2017 when when, when Pat Mahomes took over and uh, they got lit up. Or was that 2018? I think I'm mixing 2018. 2018. Yeah. Thank you. Um but then, then you finish with the Browns and the Ravens, teams that you know how to play. And again, it, it always comes down to health because you know if you had if you had told me that you know that that Bud Dupree and Devin Bush and all those guys that had gotten injured by the end of the season last year weren't there, I might have said, okay, yeah, they might lose a couple more of the, a couple more of those games. But if this team is healthy, their run game is going in those games, and you know they could stand a chance here. Now, Dale, the one game that's that's, that's spread out really wide here in the stretch, though. Steelers at Chiefs, the Chiefs are favorite eight and a half points. That's a lot of points when you're gambling, but that Chiefs offense has lit it up for a while. I won, I, but I, I'm not sold on the Chiefs defense. I, I could see that game being a shootout. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way the, the Chiefs are built to play. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, that that could be a huge game where, where Najee Harris, you know, the Steelers want to get Najee Harris 30, 30 touches in that game or something along those lines because they're going to be coming off a rest as well. Uh, that game, uh, you know, well, the, the game against the Vikings is a uh, is the Thursday night game. Then you get 10 days off before you play the uh, the, tit the Titans, mm -hmm. um, you know, so th they'll have a little bit of rest. It's almost like a little mini buy uh, before they finish up against the Titans, Chiefs, Browns and then Ravens. Yeah, um, I'm interested to see how that plays out. And then, like I said, last two games. At home against the Brown, they could it's considered a pick 'em, and then on the road, the Ravens the Ravens are favored five and a half points. I, I think it's weird that the, the the game in Pittsburgh is considered yeah. a pick 'em game, right. 
And yet the game in Cleveland, this, the, the Browns are favored by four and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, that tells me that, that Vegas isn't necessarily sold on Cleveland uh, because if, if, if you keep that same idea about things, they, the Browns are favored by four and a half at home. You get three points for being at home. You get a point and a half. If you, if they think you're that much better in this situation, uh, they're only, they're only giving Cleveland three points there. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a tough one to figure out, uh, you know, how Vegas is feeling about that, but they're trying to get money on both sides. That's what, that's the way, you know, when people talk about, well, the Steelers lost this game and they were, fa- they were big favorites. They're big favorites because people bet on the Steelers. Right. So those, those lines, you know, some of these lines that are opening up, let's, let's say, for example, uh, let's take a, a smaller one. Okay. The, uh, let's say that pick them game. Let's say Steeler fans are feeling pretty good about the, the, the Steelers at that point. Wouldn't surprise me if that game goes off at Steelers by two or still, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or, you know, you look at the Detroit line, uh, Detroit Pit, uh, at Pittsburgh. Wouldn't surprise me if that goes off at nine mm-hmm. because people are going to be betting, well, the Steelers are going to kill the lions. Um, so it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because all the money goes in on Pittsburgh and that, that increases the line. Vegas sets the lines for Steelers game for Steeler games, probably a little bit higher than they would for some other teams because they know Steeler fans are going to bet it. That is something that you know, play in those games, trying to you know, trying to influence where the, where the bets are going or read where the bets are going to. Influence. They don't set these lines to lose money. Exactly. They're doing <laughs> this to, to, to get, to get you to put a bet down that you're going to lose. Um, <laughs> again i think there's a lot of interesting stuff here and then again how how much how much does this change you know do if uh if if we're in the middle of the season and the steelers lose you know tj watt or the or you know the like you know the the ravens lose lamar jackson or you know the titans lose derrick henry or the chiefs lose tyree killer patching like you know all, all these numbers will be subject to change and it doesn't have to be for the season if it's if it's for a week the, these numbers will flip around, but it is interesting to see where they put them after the draft's over and after where we know the majority of where free agents have landed. There's still more people like Ryan Kerrigan who signed with the Eagles this week. Um, but it is interesting to see where Vegas puts the the the, the money to be set at, at least uh, to, for us to monitor for the next couple months. Yeah. Um, and again, the Steelers uh, favored in eight games, underdogs in eight games and that one pick them game. So very, very even split there. We'll be keeping you guys updated with this. Um, I'm Chris Carter. He's Dale Lolly. Remember to subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com and also subscribe to our podcast network where you can get on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are hosted. Rate us five stars with a positive comment. Those things really help out the network. Also, remember when you subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com, you get all of our subscription content on the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, Pitt, Penn State, all those great things. I just got my latest Carter's Classroom out about why the wide zone running concepts could really work for the Steelers and change the offense entirely. Go check out my film work there. Got a lot of more great stuff coming your way all this week at DKPittsburghSports.com.